your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Friday of Lacrosse Talk PM. UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Tregoski in studio with me as he is on most Fridays. Happy Friday, Rick. And before we get to anything, Tregoski, we already have a Friday news dump. We typically do this. Groundbreaking legislation it's passed out of committee today in Madison. Hasn't happened in over three in three decades. Historic. In the early nineties. Such important news we had to get. Uh, we had to bug State Assembly Rep Steve Doyle, who's headed or at uh, dinner with his wife. We had to get him on the phone to to talk about this. Steve, are you there? I, I'm here, and I'm I'm ready to talk. Are you just sitting in the parking lot at the restaurant, or what are you doing? Right now, I'm sitting in my living room. Okay, you haven't gone yet. Good. Okay. Uh, Steve, passing out a committee today, a bill that, that could get to you on the assembly floor if it's true. Now tell us, Colby Cheese has could become the state cheese? Well, that's the, the the latest breaking news. It just passed out of committee. And, you know, I, I tell you, state government should not be picking winners or losers. And this is really kind of a stressful issue. Um, you know, sure, Colby and Cheddar are, are popular, but, you know, what about Swiss and Munster? I mean, you know, we're going to have people storming the Capitol because this is going to, you're going to have families, you know, not talking to each other over, you know, which cheese is the official state cheese. And, you know, I've always tried to be Mr. Bipartisan. I try to find a happy medium people, you know, that we can bring together. So I've, I've solved it. Um, Kojak. Kojak cheese. Now, have you created legislation, like a counter legislation to this, what passed out of committee? Well, I, I'm going to have to introduce an amendment to it, so you know, I'm going to have to see if I can get all the people together in, in a room, and maybe we'll have some samples. But you know, then you've got the orange cheeses and the white cheeses, and you know, so if you've got people that are partisans on one side or another, hopefully it'll be a way that we can, you know, we can bring them together and you know, break bread and cheese together. Any thoughts about other cheeses that like? I like Parmesan cheese. I don't know if that was even considered. It's like a little out of the, a little outside the box. You know, you would do that, Rick. I mean, you would always come up with something just, like, totally off the wall. So, I mean, if you're a Parmesan guy, more power to you. But, you know, if it's not on pizza, I'm just not interested. Now, when we have legislation like this, uh, the, the the story always talks about what the what comes out of committee. It never, it never says who created the bill. Is this a Republican or a Democrat? Because i got to know what side to bash uh, trying to pick winners and losers here with Colby G's. Um. I I don't know whose bill this actually is. I'm assuming it's whoever represents the town of Colby. So um, it's a rural area. I'm going to guess that it's a Republican, but I you know I, I I don't honestly know. I probably should get the state rep from that represents West Beyond, right? Because they might have a say in this. That would be Lauren Oldenburg, and yeah, I would imagine that uh, you know the Westby Creamery folks would probably have their particular position on on uh, you know which is the the best choice of cheese. Are you okay with the domesticated animal of the state being the cow? Well, um, you know that was before my time, and and that decision was made before I had anything to weigh in on. Um, so you know, I mean. It is what it is. We are the dairy state, so I guess, you know, cows, although, as you know, I'm partial to alpacas, but I suspect that that will never become the state animal. What about the state dance being the polka? 
I don't even want to go there. Um, you, you know, I, that, that's way out of my area of expertise, so I'm, I'm not going to weigh in on that So, one. Steve, we're getting you, know, we're I do getting like, you on the I do record like here the that you do not pastry. polka. The state pastry is Danish, you know, Racine Danish Kringle. So, I yes. mean, I, I do have some expertise in eating, so, you know, I'm fine with that one. But, but Steve, we're bearing the lead here. You, you don't polka? I do not polka. Unbelievable. Well, I, at least I don't do it well. <laughs> Sometimes, though, if I sample our state drink, which would be beer, um, I occasionally can be lured out onto the dance floor. <laughs> All right. Steve. But, you know, when it, when it, but this topic of, you know, the, the state cheese, I got to say, this is really grating. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to end it there. Thanks, Steve. Have fun at dinner. Thank you. All right. <laughs> All right. I was State Rep Steve Doyle representing the greater lacrosse area. I always like to say that because I forget what assembly number he is. 90-something. Yeah, I, I can't even remember. Four, five, or 6, something right around. But uh, anyway, so breaking news Friday. First of many, maybe possibly Friday news dumps. Usually we do Friday news dump at 5.55. This was a little early. We're going to have to monitor carefully to see what other news dumps come out. All right, that's lacrosse, uh, UW lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Jurgoski. I'm Rick Solom. We'll be back. Brad's got to do the news and... We'll see what other things we can bring up. All right, here we go, Mr. Chagoski. Is he a doctor, too? Your dad? No. He's just a keyboardist. He's a keyboardist for a 50s and 60s cover band. Including the Monkees? Including the Monkees. All right. So this is by request from my dad. (laughs) A, A week later. A week later. Yes. Request. At least a week. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Uh, if you didn't hear, we broke some news. Colby Cheese could become the state cheese. We're, uh, according to Steve Doyle, we're picking winners and losers. Just uh, government picking winners and losers. What else is new? Yeah, that was that was great. I uh, so he started talking about it, you know, and I, I was, and then he was really serious, and I was like, no, Steve, no, why are we doing serious talk? No, I don't want to. <laughs> and then it, and then you get it. He's being sarcastic. He's being more sarcastic than I usually am. Uh, so he, he totally had me for a second there. Um, on the, on our list of things to talk about, did I introduce you again? UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Doctor Anthony you Jagowski. My dad, I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on our list of, and I don't know if we'll get to all these things, but I, I did I did see uh, Trump's getting uh, getting what yelled at <laughs> for flushing documents and some book that's coming out. Yeah, Maggie Haberman, the reporter on Trump, she really has focused a lot on Trump, got a lot of scoops. She has this book coming out, and one of the scoops in the book is that as president, Donald Trump would flush documents down the toilet and you would have plumbers trying to get paper out of the toilet because it would get all clogged up. The plumbing would get all screwed up. So it raises some obvious questions like what were those documents? We also know that President Trump frequently complained about the water pressure of showers and faucets and toilets while he was president. Right. So maybe this is all adding up at it's this all, point. It's all related. Uh, number three, how is your plumbing? Oh, I just had a royal flush. Okay. <laughs> Sounds different. Sounds different. I got to tell you two guys, you're whistling about what cheese. Well, I was in the cheese business for many years. Okay. I used to sell truckloads of mozzarella. They put it on this thing called pizza. Yeah. So I think I'd like to get the tonnage report sometime. Just see how many tons of pizza 
the state makes and how much is mozzarella versus Colby and cheddar. So you're saying maybe mozzarella should be the state cheese? Well, a lot of pizzas sold in lacrosse. Yeah, I would say. Over the country, right? What's your favorite pizza? Where's, huh? What's your favorite? I like cheese on my pizza. <laughs> well, you got a favorite? <laughs> you mean who makes it? Yeah, like where do you like to get pizza? From Quick Trip in the box. You every time with you, I'm hanging up. Every time we ask him about something, he goes to Quick Trip. Hey, I got some Quick Trip pizza today. It was delicious. I, I, I get I get Quick Trip pizza. I'm just saying, like the you know, like there's some local other local like pizzas. They make them. They make them. You can get them hot. You can eat them. You can take them home. Uh, you go to Big Al's frequently. I love Big Al's. I go to Corky's in the Crescent mm-hmm. frequently. I've hit their uh, Self Lane's Pizza now. They've sure. they've got a little. Uh, Little little store now. They've they've out of the bowling alley, but kept it South Lane's Pizza, which is pretty great. Uh, and then if you go way south of Stoddard, there's a pizza. There's a bar way down there. I forget what it's called. I'm gonna get a text on it. Uh, but if you get the large pizza, you know how this the the the, the pizzas, your frozen pizzas you get, they come on the cardboard circle, right? Right. This pizza comes on three cardboard circles. Oh my goodness! They have to combine them. So um, I'll definitely get a text. I guarantee from. Uh, from somebody telling me what bar that is on the south side. That's kind of my favorite, but it's like so far away. Like, hey, do you want to drive an hour <laughs> to get a pizza? Kind of, because it's really good, but yeah. then it's an hour later. Um, yeah, so back to back to uh, the, the Trump flushing story. So I, I don't care about this story, and it's weird. It's just like we – maybe it's important, maybe. Yeah. And, and also the media is going to pick it up because it's funny. It's going to get clicks. It's going to get attention, and it's Donald Trump, right? Donald Trump. Anything we can get Donald Trump on is attention, and it's so funny. Like it's so funny. You brought up the. I mean, I believe he was in West Salem complaining about shower heads. Yeah, this was a big issue during the Trump administration that showers didn't have enough pressure, that faucets didn't have enough pressure, that you had to flush toilets multiple times in order to, well, get whatever was in the <laughs> toilet down the drain. Whatever documents. Whether, whatever documents you wanted to flush down the drain. And Trump put out a giant statement uh, yesterday, like a giant statement. He Sometimes he emails, so I'm on his list for emails. I'll get emailed statements. This one didn't get to the email. I don't know if they didn't check the box to send this email statement out to the media, but it is on his, like, Save America uh president donald trump website or pack or whatever it is but i'm not going to read the statement but you can he's essentially just denies that uh and it's just about a a lady lying in her book you know whatever uh it is kind of funny though anyway we should move on because it's not we shouldn't spend too much time talking about about toilets yeah donald trump's toilets if we want to talk about toilet Toilets in general, we could do that, how they've uh, evolved What's over the, the years. the state toilet of Wisconsin? The state toilet of Wisconsin. <laughs> I definitely have somebody that frequently listens, and, and he might not be today because it's a Friday, but he will. he will Roadhouse Restaurant, that's the one on south of Stoddard, uh, probably about 20 mile, twenty minutes south of Stoddard, but Roadhouse, that's the one. Thanks, Gail. Um, but I do have somebody that frequently texts me that sells toilets, so he loves he loved it when we talked uh, when Donald Trump would get on and start railing about the water pressure in toilets uh, and bidets and how we don't use those. Anyway, we, we need some of those well-made lacrosse toilets in the White House to get those documents down the drain. <laughs> um, I I want to bring up, you know, on this list, I'm trying to decide. 
what political thing we, we but we, what we might need to talk about is what Valentine candy your uh, you know this this is dangerous to do on the air because your well, your wife is listening girlfriend could be listening here yep so they we can't spoil it but also like hey you're probably gonna get some candy for for Valentine's Day. But do you have do, do you have anything in mind? Do you do you, is there a go to for you? Well, Rick, you and I were talking about Fanatis earlier, and there is a go to that we have at Fanatis. It is the chocolate covered Oreos. Hayes got us some <laughs> right. when my wife announced she was pregnant, and let's just say that those were utterly devoured by both of us. <laughs> In a matter of seconds, basically. Yeah. And this sounds like a Fanatis ad, and it's not. We're trying to steal that ad from Hayes, though. We're trying no, to get we, Fanatis to sponsor. we want the Fanatis business. Yeah, yeah we we're, we're trying to get Fanatis <laughs> on our show. So, But we might stop at Fanatis. Uh, Fanatis also open Sunday special this weekend, just because Mond- Monday For is Valentine's Day. For idiots like both of us who wait until <laughs> yeah, the last wait minute. I definitely don't have anything Valentine's. <laughs> the the issue with me, though, is my girlfriend's birthday is tomorrow. So oh my goodness. It's, it's crap. Like, I have to do birthday and Valentine's Day. I, if I could roll it into Sunday, can no, I do a combo? Them. And and Super Bowl, so, I mean, is, is she a football fan? <laughs> yeah, or? she is. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if we watch a Super Bowl. I didn't even think about that. It's another thing you got to do. Um, outgoing Chancellor Rebecca Blank. Yeah, this is probably a little, like, right up your alley here, UW Chancellor. Um, so as she's leaving, she kind of throws a grenade, right? A little bit of a grenade in her outgoing speech. And then also on the same or the next day, uh, they announce raises within the UW system. Hey, see you later, Rebecca. We're going to give a bunch of people more money now that you're gone. But it was kind of <laughs> funny. Um, but, yeah, what did you think of, like, she just, she says the political divide in Wisconsin and maybe the the country is, like, the greatest threat to the UW, not maybe the UW system, but at, at least UW-Madison? Yeah, I thought Rebecca Blank was spot on. She's leaving to become the president or chancellor or whatever the position is at Northwestern University. In liberal Illinois? Liberal Illinois, yep. And so she's leaving Madison. Farewell address yesterday. And she was spot on in her diagnosis of the problems facing UW-Madison and the UW system. She said that in Wisconsin, the greatest existential threat to UW-Madison is polarization and that politicians are using the university as chips in their partisan wars. And as she noted, this isn't helpful to the institution because it undermines confidence in the university. It makes it advantageous for politicians to go after the university system as they try to score political points, as they try to gain votes, as they try to get points with their followers. So you have self-interested politicians who are trying to win elections and gain followers, and unfortunately many of them think they can do so by going after the university system, which as Tommy Thompson likes to point out, the university system is an unbelievable economic engine for Wisconsin. The return on investment that Wisconsin gets as far as the taxpayer money that goes in versus the economic activity that comes out, it's an unbelievable return on investment, like a 20 to 1 return on investment. So it would be enormously self-destructive for Wisconsin to allow partisan politics and just cheap political attacks to undermine UW-Madison And Becky Blank is absolutely correct in noting that this could be something of enormous consequence for the future of the UW system. If 
the UW system continues to just be one of many chips in the never-ending war between the two parties, then it's going to be incredibly damaging to the future of Wisconsin, Wisconsin's economy, and Wisconsin's ed- education. So I thought she hit the nail on the head. I All I heard there was you called her Becky. Are you guys buddies? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Sarge says uh, the doc. He's calling you the doc. He uh, frequents Domino's a lot, not Alaska. That's your go-to pizza, apparently. Wait, what? <laughs> right. He, I think he's joking. <laughs> like Tregoski's favorite pizza. Because it's insulting to say, you know what my favorite pizza is? Domino's. Wait, my or, wife does like Domino's. I, I will, mean, they're all yeah. good. That's why they're national chains at some point. But it's like kind of makes you kind of itchy when you're like, yeah, this it's Little Caesars. That's my favorite. Like, get out of here. I know. There are lo- there's always every town has its uh, has some local you know place that even sure. Houston, Minnesota has a local place you can get pizza. It's great. Yeah. Well, hey, if my wife is craving pizza and we don't want to drive across town, we will absolutely hit up the Domino's in Alaska. Yeah, and Sarge probably saw you there more than he one occasion. Have. He probably lives right across the road from there. Um, you mentioned you mentioned legis- and we we got two minutes here before we go to break, but you mentioned. Okay, using UW-Madison as your, kind of your pawn in a political game. Right. And representatives, tr- you said try to gain followers. Mm-hmm. Now, are you, trying, are you saying, like, for voting purposes, or are you saying for social media? Because the social media stuff is getting out of hand, I think. I, I think mainly for social media, because universities can be an easy target. You pick that one professor who is caught on camera saying something crazy. You pick the one student group that goes over the line in their rhetoric. You pick the one example of the most extreme elements of a college campus, and you focus on them and try to make them representative of everything that's going on on the campus. So that I is, mean, we do this all over the world yeah, with everything. Exactly. Picking out the most extreme element of some group or organization and trying to make it representative of the whole. Yeah. That happens all the time, Rick, and it really does happen with higher education universities. And it is used to sort of gin up outrage. It's used to gain social media followers and to talk about those crazy people on the college campus and what they're up to and ignoring the 99.9% of stuff that happens on college campuses that is completely normal. Well, or ignoring the fact that, you know, we should be investing in our education systems. Yeah. And you, what did you say? 21, 20 to one. It's about 20 to one. Yeah. Tommy says that all the time. And it's a great investment. It's a great return on investment for Wisconsin. And I do think you have some cynical actors in politics who are basically kicking an own goal or shooting an own goal, so to speak, that they are trying to generate outrage at the cost of the state's economy, at the cost of the state's educational system. And frankly, I I get it, because if the news is 99% of the faculty and students at this university are completely level-headed and normal and don't do crazy stuff, that's not interesting. No. It's the 1% of people uh, in an organization who are a little wacky and out there that generate the news and that get clicks on social media and are used by politicians to maybe discredit an organization. Coming up after the break, Scott's comment coming up, uh, Brad doing the news. But when we come back, we're going to talk about that 99% for the rest of the hour, just the, you know, how normal they are and how, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I do want to maybe hit on, you know, we're talking about social media and gaining followers. Uh, 
is her name Lee? Is it really Lee? Yeah, Lee, Lee Snodgrass. Sno- Snodgrass. Uh, Snodgrass. Yep. Uh, Appleton, where I'm from. Uh, she deleted a tweet, and I just want to talk about social media in that regard. Don't delete tweets, maybe. Yeah. But also, just throwing this out there, you just called him Tommy. You just like <laughs> Tommy. So Becky and Tommy, uh, UW. So Chagoskis, you, you're in the back room with these people. I know it. Um, all right, we got to take a break. Monkeys better than the Beatles. I'm just going to say it. You take that back. <laughs> Brad Williams is going to storm in here. Brad loves the Beatles. I think he's going to. I think he's directing some Beatles play coming up uh, no a couple months from now. I think it's in La Crescent. Uh, but yeah, he's going to be mad that I said the monkeys are better than the Beatles. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. You'd be a lacrosse political science professor, Doctor Anthony Chagoski. According to the Sarge, he's heading the Dominoes after this to get some heart, <laughs> maybe a heart shaped pizza at Rockies. You could do that. Sure. Uh, they were doing that later. Um, Let's see here. Uh, we were talking about social media. So uh, this 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 Democrat in Appleton, you know, tweeted out: if parents want to have a say in their child's education, they should homeschool or pay for private school tuition out of their family budget. Get, she's just getting hammered for this because probably because she deleted it, right? Like if she doesn't delete this, I don't know. Is it worse or better? And this relates to something that came up in the race for governor in Virginia and was widely seen as a reason why Terry McAuliffe, the Democratic candidate, lost, where he said that parents should not have a say in their child's education or something like that. And here you have Lee Snodgrass, who's a representative in the Wisconsin State Assembly, saying if parents want to have a say in their child's education, like you said, Rick, they should pay for private school or have homeschool. And that is not the right message that is not the right tone to strike well and then she she you know deletes the tweet and then later like okay i gotta explain myself in a treat in, in a try tweet she's got to send three more tweets after that yeah if you need three tweets to explain one tweet you're not doing it right yeah you're backpedaling a lot of backpedaling yep uh just kind of funny but like everyone's gonna you know like a, a, the ap picks it up and yep. it's all over you know uh you know republicans are gonna are gonna grab it and and run with it and we you know what we got a school board election coming up on tuesday and we've seen republicans have some momentum or feel like they have some momentum when it comes to education for gaffes like at least nodgrass engaged in here saying that parents like should not have a say in their child's education it's an obvious gaffe it's an obvious opening for republicans to say no parents should have say parents should have a lot of control parents should have a lot of insight into what's going on in their child's education so republicans certainly feel like they have the momentum when it comes to education that's unusual because usually education is an issue that the democrats have a significant advantage on so this represents a bit of a change in politics also when it comes to masks and covid restrictions in schools democrats are getting the sense you can see that they want to back off these restrictions in schools and either get rid of them entirely or leave them to states and localities. So you're seeing some concerns among Democrats about how the issue of education is going for them. Yeah, it's it's real easy to go, uh, I don't want to wear a mask. It's uncomfortable. I don't want my kid to endure that for seven hours a day. I say seven because that's probably how long school is or, you know, extracurriculars after that. And now it's it's becoming part of the vote, right? Like this is if if I can vote for the right person and it, then it's the only issue, we just dumb down the vote to I'm for or against 
masks. And that is what I'm really concerned about with school board elections, Rick. As you noted, we have them coming up in lacrosse. I am really worried about the dumbing down of school board elections. School board elections need to be nonpartisan. School board elections need to capture the full range of issues that schools deal with, the full complexity of the issues that schools deal with. To have school board elections that are like, do you like masks or not? That's an insult to the full range of issues that schools deal with. Of course, handling COVID should be part of the equation in a school board election. But come on, we've got to handle this with some level of sophistication, these school board elections. All right. So what's your take? This isn't on our list. So I'm just, you know, this just came to me. But what's your take on? Okay, so the school board races here appear to be starting to become partisan in a way. Absolutely. And that we have we have parties supporting school board members. Is what's your take on that? Because one party is doing that and the other party is kind of just supporting the the idea that we should vote and encouraging people to vote, but not exactly encouraging individuals. I thought it was a mistake for the Lacrosse County Democratic Party to endorse Mitch in the mayoral race. That is a nonpartisan election. It should be a nonpartisan election. Partisan politics should stay out of that election, just as I think it's a mistake for the Lacrosse County Republican Party to be getting involved in these school board elections. These are nonpartisan elections. The political parties should stay the heck out of them. Yeah, because I think they're funding some campaigns and they're promoting campaigns on not just the Republican Party, but also some some politicians in the area are also doing that. It just seems uh, like, man, can we go the other way in this direction? Can we get can we get the partisanship out of, you know, all the way up to the Supreme Court race? Can we do that in the Wisconsin Supreme Court race? Because, I mean, every vote that happens, we have ballot boxes. The Supreme Court ruled on that. And you, you read the story, and maybe a part of it is the, the stories that you read because the liberal justices sided with, you know, the, the Hagedorn sided with the liberal justices. And I don't know if that's appropriate or not, but that's where we're at. Yeah, we get the sense that the state Supreme Court in Wisconsin is simply an extension of partisan politics. There's three Democrats on the state Supreme Court. There's four Republicans with one who's sort of unpredictable, but generally sides with the Republicans. And Rick... When partisan politics enter the equation, brains start to turn off. And we need to handle these elections with the level of sophistication that they demand. And that's going to require quite a bit on the part of voters to be informed about these candidates, to be informed about the full range of issues that these offices handle. But partisan politics, look, they're appropriate for certain offices, like when you're dealing with Congress or the president. It's entirely appropriate for the political parties to be involved. It's entirely appropriate for people to view those elections through the lens of political party. But when we get down to these local elections, it is entirely inappropriate and wrong for political partisanship to enter the equation. It causes a dumbing down and an oversimplification of these elections that are extremely important and have an enormous effect on our day-to-day lives. They need to be handled with the seriousness that they deserve. That's UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Chergoski. Um, do you want to? Do you want to? Ch- what do you want to hit on? Like we'll, when we come back, uh, we have a bunch of these things on the list. I don't know. Ram Ramthun joining the governor's race. Yeah. And, uh, he's he's kind of out there. Did did some pretty. I don't want to like illegal moves just recently right like i don't even know how to how to put that i was gonna say groundbreaking but they're not groundbreaking they're actually the i don't even i don't even know how to put it but also like ron johnson's comments 
Um, you know, just every Ron Johnson says something and then he has 10 people running against him, right? 10, 11. So it's, it's almost like overkill. Like you, you feel like, wow, Ron Johnson's really getting attacked for a Ron Johnson says, says some, some ridiculous things. And then some kind of dumb things. I think what he said recently, you could categorize as maybe not smart, I should say. Uh, and then, but then you have 11 people just like, like it, it almost gets like overkill. Like, why are we attacking Ron Johnson all the time? Because we have 11 candidates running against him. Yeah, there is an enormous field on the Democratic side in the U.S. Senate race here in Wisconsin. And as you noted, Rick, Ron Johnson is frequently in the news because he is such an unconventional politician. And he says things that people who are running for reelection normally would not say, like with this proposal to build these new postal work vehicles in Oshkosh, him saying that we don't need to do it, we have enough jobs in Wisconsin, he's not going to fight, he's going to be okay to see these jobs go to South Carolina. It's a pretty obvious opening for the Democrats in the race. And, you know, I, I, I if you kind of are, well, I guess it's just so odd to hear a politician say something like that especially in an election year do, does it, he it's say it's hard to know how to react to him do his comments in that regard in the idea that he doesn't want to bring jobs from south carolina to wisconsin have to do with him somehow he doesn't want to use biden bucks arpa money to bring these jobs here because i feel like part of the bringing the jobs here would be you to use federal dollars and anything that maybe is related to a Democrat funding something, because right then Democrats get to win because the ARPA money comes from Joe Biden. And we're going to use ARPA money to bring, what, a thousand jobs building UPS vehicles in Oshkosh. And therefore, Ron Johnson is he's willing to sacrifice jobs in Wisconsin because those jobs would be brought here by Joe Biden's Biden bucks. It could have something to do with that, Rick. But when you're running for re-election, you don't want to write your own attack ads. Right. You, know, you don't want to make well, it easy on your opponent. And well, that's why Ron Johnson is often difficult to figure out. It's often difficult to analyze him because a lot of the things he says are basically ready-made attack ads. And I don't know if they're going to move the needle with voters. I don't know if voters are going to care. But what's so interesting about this race is if you have Mandela Barnes become the Democratic candidate, he's the current lieutenant governor. If he becomes the Democratic candidate for Senate, the Republicans have a million attack ads ready to go against him for being far left, for being out of the mainstream, for having extreme views. Meanwhile, the Democrats have a million attack ads ready to go against Ron Johnson for comments like with the Oshkosh Postal Service vehicles. So you essentially have ready-made campaigns on both sides. And the question is, will anyone care about any of this? Well, we were talking in the break about how sometimes political parties release their outrage before the fact that before the thing actually happens. I mean, you have an example of this a little bit, right? Uh, maybe maybe a Republican somewhere releases some uh, anti-Mandela Barnes outrage in his race against Ron Johnson in the Senate before Mandela Barnes actually wins the primary. You know, like there's like, whoops, we hit send on the uh, newsletter video 
and we didn't mean to until actually the, after the primary because these are all they already have those ads made. You they know? already have the ads made. There's a lot of talk inside Wisconsin politics that the Republicans would love to run against Mandela Barnes. They feel that he's quite liberal. They feel that he has positions that will not appeal to the mainstream middle of the road voter, the swing voters. So for that reason, a lot of Republicans would love to run against Mandela Barnes. Meanwhile, Team Democrats and Team Wisconsin Democrats, they have a lot to work with with Ron Johnson. I will say this. This is is all really good for the ad makers, by the way, and the amount of business that they're going to get. I will say this about Ron Johnson. It's almost like he doesn't care if it's an election year, which is kind of, you kind of, you got to kind of like that, except I don't agree with the things that he says, whether it's COVID or jobs or you know, there's a host of other things, but I don't agree with those things, but he doesn't care if it, you know what, if I say the thing, that's probably going to hurt me in a statewide race. He don't care. Rick, 99 out of 100 senators would never say that their state has enough jobs. (laughs) And I have to give Ron Johnson credit for coming out and saying that not only saying something that no other senator would, but saying it in an election year. It's so out of the ordinary. And as we've talked about, Ron Johnson is difficult to analyze through conventional lenses of political analysis. He's difficult to analyze through conventional lenses of political science because his strategies, his behavior is quite different than the vast majority of other senators. Think, the, the thing he said, though, about the jobs, that wasn't great. <laughs> there, there might be jobs in wisconsin but this would be these would be good jobs yeah i mean we should just like just like just like the anti-mandela barnes attack ads are ready to go the anti-ron johnson ads over this situation are already in the pipeline i said this yesterday about ron johnson if he had the opposite take if he was like no i'm gonna bring the oshkosh defense jobs to oshkosh from south carolina to build ups vehicles we need more jobs here. These are good-paying jobs. They can take the place of you know lesser jobs. And he would get attacked for bringing because Oshkosh is his hometown. He, Democrats would attack attack him for oh you just you're just trying to bring people bring jobs to your hometown. You should be looking out for a better part of the state that might be more in need of jobs than Oshkosh. That's what that's it's possible. I think if Tammy Baldwin was making the same push for these jobs and you had a very conservative Republican, a liberal Democrat like Baldwin making the same push for these jobs. And that would have given Ron Johnson cover. Certainly, like you said, Rick, the interesting twist here is that that is Ron Johnson's hometown and him not wanting these jobs in his hometown, whether it's giving him cover for say, well, you just want jobs in your hometown. That's the only reason. Or whether it's just strange that a politician wouldn't want these jobs. Whatever the reason, whatever your perspective, it is part of the equation. I mean, he could have added that, and it would have gave him some cover. You know sure. what? I don't want to. I don't want to comment anymore on this issue because I don't want to play favorites to my hometown when the whole state could use. And the thing about Ron Johnson, Rick, like I said, the reason that he's different than the 99 other U.S. senators, he does not care about having that cover behind yeah. the statements that he makes, and people love him for that. People hate him for that. It's what makes him unique. Yeah. All right. That's UW Lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Chagoski. We'll be back. Wrap up. If we had a top 10 
Beatles versus Monkey song. This one would beat all the Beatles songs. Oh, I, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> 608-785-7914. We got a couple minutes left here if anyone wants to text in, call in. Brad uh, Williams is not going to be <laughs> happy with you. I hope he left because otherwise he's going to come in here right after the show. Uh, we're getting a couple of texts. If somebody wants more security in the parking ramps, is that because somebody was getting it on in a parking ramp? Uh, apparently. There was a story that in one of the parking ramps downtown, there was there were some people getting to know each other very well and having a moment together. And, uh, well, maybe there should be more security to prevent that in the future. I don't know if this is a problem. I haven't investigated the issue. I haven't done patrols or anything. Well, and, and where and where were they doing it? Because I feel like, A, more security or better, like, a couch or something. Yeah, it seems like, like a very uncomfortable. Seems like a very get uncomfortable a place to to get it on, and yeah. whether at the stairwell or just. I mean, and it's February. I mean, geez, yeah, it's cold. It isn't, yeah. Um, how weird was it when you hear the news that the sheriff's website puts on the puts the the sheriff's website puts the mall up for auction? Hey. Uh, it's such a weird, like, I just, I've never, I don't know anything about how stuff like this works. Yeah, so it was Valley very odd to me. I want to know if one of those, like, fast-talking auctioneers is going to be there to sell them all. I mean, we're definitely going to go, what, you, you probably pay, like, 30 bucks to get one of the tickets. Sure. To get a, you can rate, hey, 17, or two, two, and then, you know, it, it, so on eBay, there's, like, a, there's a, like a max, right, or a, yep. a minimum, like of the the yep. lowest bid. So where is the mall's lowest bid? Because they're not going to start at zero. Hundred dollars for the mall. Two hundred dollars. Who's got three? Who's got? You know, they're, they're, what are they going to start at? Because apparently, increments of a hundred. Right. Apparently, it's viewed at it's valued at twenty seven ish million dollars, but. I mean, what is that? Because the mall has all these "quote unquote" anchor stores. Like, it's good. One's going to be a high AV at some point. Yep. Uh, the old Sears. Uh, it, you know, the Barnes and Noble is, I would say, that's an anchor there. store, and yep. J.C. Penney, yeah, and there's some other there. ones that closed. Macy's, I think, closed. Um, so those aren't part of the auction. I don't think you don't get the anchor stores when you bid on the mall. So is it still worth twenty-seven million dollars? Yeah. Apparently, you don't get the new high V. Yeah, it's going in where the Sears used to be. Right. I, if I'm so, what's if, the point? If I'm right? buying the mall, I want those. I want the high V. Right. And then I think Dick's Sporting Goods is part of the mall right. deal, but it's it, you know it used to be a theater. Um, that's part of the mall, but I don't get Dick's Sporting Goods either. Like no. I want if I'm paying twenty seven million dollars for the mall. Do you at least get Chuck E. Cheese? Well, I think that's a separate building. Is yeah, that's a separate. <laughs> yeah, it's a separate building. So I don't. You're right though. That might actually be part of the mall property as well. I think that whole deal is part of the mall property, but we're not getting Chuck E. Cheese or played against sports either. So what are we getting? GameStop and like the candle store? You get the candle store. You get Bath and Body Works. You get Hoo Hot. Get Hoo Hot. Remember, we did an earlier show about whether or not we should just buy Hoo Hot. Well, maybe we should. I mean, I just wonder, like, what's the minimum bid going to be? Can I afford you can it? Get that, you can get the three places that are left in the food court, maybe. Well, I think a new place went up. Somebody said, I saw on social media, the, a new place went up in place of the Coney Island. So we oh, already really? have a new okay. place in the food court. What? Because Coney Island said the rent was a ripoff and they didn't want to return there. We have less than a minute. What's the, like, do, do we do we even need malls anymore? I mean, this is, yeah. malls seem like a great yeah. idea, especially in February. I don't want to go walking from store to store. Like downtown La Crosse, you have to walk outside. It's cold. Valley View Mall is, in my view, such a disappointment because it could be so much better than it is. That land 
is really prime real estate, it is such a missed opportunity to have such a crappy mall there. Well, it's only crappy because there's just not right. If there were better stores in there, it wouldn't but be. the building is also run down. Like it I've is. heard from I've heard from employees there that the building is just falling apart. Oh, okay. So maybe I, I I'm wrong. We now we have one minute. Um, I I guess. I mean, what do we need then? Just to put in a, an amusement park like the Mall of America? What do we? Yeah, I mean, I think I, what, I want to put Ferris wheels in all the places. Yeah, I mean. I, if you can just buy stuff online at this point, then what might sell is experiences, yeah. like a fun activity or great new restaurants or just things that you can't get online. Figure that out, and maybe that's your key to success for the reinvented Valley View Mall. Well, there is a there is a market for malls because the Mall of America is fine, right? Yeah, it's doing well. A- I'm from Appleton. The Fox River Mall is very popular uh-huh. still, so I don't. I think we just need to get some big players in involved, and maybe yeah, maybe renovate it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the inside, but put, maybe put a go kart track in the, I, one of the parking lots. I don't want to give up on the mall. I don't want to give up on the mall. I think that it just needs to be very much reimagined. Plus, we're all old guys. And so we're just old and kids, stuck in our ways. These are, I love them all. Kids yeah, are like, Back Why? in my day, we went to the mall. We did. We kept, yeah. When we were kids, we went to the hangout at the mall. Anyway, yeah. that's all the time I got. Everybody have a good weekend. Have a good weekend.